takeaway from the movie Flight is, damn, that dude's a good drunk flyer. Hi, welcome to Judd and Earbuds, the only podcast that voted without a sticker today. I'm here with another guest. He is a comedian. He's a podcaster. He's also from Ohio, so don't hold that against him. Get up for the very funny Ray Roberts. Ray, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. We're sitting here in my, in my home studio, like always, Yes. and uh, we're drinking the podcaster beer pretty much yeah which is liquid death yes it's all over the the sponsors today so if you're drinking liquid death looking like you have a beer you know it's it's literally the one brand that doesn't pay anybody to sponsor they just like will literally my friends have a comedy show and they're like here if all the pictures have liquid death in it we'll send you liquid death (laughs) and like they don't give them any money they'll just send them a case per show that's awesome which is cool but it's also like Way to get away with, like, advertisement without having to pay for advertisement. True. Also, I did not tell you this before yeah. the podcast, which I feel bad now. If you flip the mic over... Is this the better side? That's the better side because I turned off the back. Oh. Cause, so you don't hear me. That's fine. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. It's audio. <laughs> it's crazy how it works. And I know you edit this down, but <laughs> yeah. I, that's incredible listening for people. I, should we keep it in? Yeah. <laughs> I literally love podcasting because... I wanted to be like a radio DJ for the longest. And then I found like, especially even with comedy, like I found out like it's all edited and prepared and practiced and shit. And I was like, Oh no, this is free balling. So that's what I I love. Like old school, like get in a room and let it rip. I love when they do the, like, the buzzes in between or like yeah. the fart noises and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, how are they so quick on the soundboard of that? Right. No, it's edited. I know. It's, it's the biggest bummer. Like, and I used to do, so when I first started comedy, there was a podcast called the Lousy Weather Podcast where like they legit ran it like a morning show, but it'd be at like 11 at night. They would like do a live stream and then release the audio. And it'd just be like all of us smoking weed, getting hammered. And just like, of course, like this was before anybody paid attention to anything. So like you just get like the most wild shit out there, like when the Internet was fun and then like have to apologize the next day to a bunch of people that you offended. But like (laughs) it was it was fun. But like you're just like, all right, like this is how it. it's kind of like the punk rock part of it. Like that's why it's fun. Yeah, it's loose. It's it's fast. It's like, yeah, it's great. Now, how long have you been a comedian for? Uh, my whole life, Judd. Oh, um, <laughs> and scene. <laughs> this is my answer that I've been telling people lately. It's just past eight years since my first mic, but I would say I've been doing comedy seriously like four or five years. Just because like, I know the exact date, December 24th, 2014 was the first one. And then, I don't know, it was just a good time to get, like, hammered with your friends and say stupid shit. And then it was like, oh, I might be, like, decent at this. Maybe we should take it seriously, so. Yeah, and it kind of, like, once you keep, once you do it for a while, it's kind of like, oh, I really like this and I want to get better at it. Yes. You know? Because the first few year, year or years. Yeah. You are just like, oh, that's funny. 
I'm going to say it. And yeah. then don't like work on it or anything like that. Or you just struggle with audience or yeah. figuring out what you do on stage. And then once you kind of get the hang of it, you're like, oh, okay. The first six months, literally, if there was something going on, because I didn't have, nobody's got material. No. And like, I would have like a couple like quick, stupid jokes. If something would go on in the room, it was like, I hope that that person says something. Like now that like crowd work videos are like the thing, it's so funny that I hate them now. But like before it was like, I need somebody to say something because then I could just like tear into that person. And, And like, it was one of those like, I don't have material, so I have to make sure that they're the asshole, not me, because I'm unprepared, and, like, they're my act now, and it bites you in the ass after you, like, yell at a deaf chick for talking loud in the show. Yeah, and it's also hard to practice or, like, come across not mean when you you rip into somebody like that. Yes. And an an audience member would be like, why is he being so mean to this person? Right. You know, and they don't, they don't, you haven't gotten the rapport yet with them. Not even, the, and it's especially on like a bar show, like that everybody starts at. Like if you're going to a bar show and it's a five minute spot and it's like, you'll see like the dude who sits on the stool or you'll see like the, <laughs> let's get settled in. Like you're up there for five minutes, bud. Don't get settled in. Do your shit. Let's I, go. I love a guy that sits down for no reason. Oh, it's so fun. Almost like he's been doing work all day you know like it's like oh i'm so tired they saw patrice o'neill do it 15 years ago and they're like i can't wait till i get my shot yeah but patrice was killing by that time in fucking wawatosa (laughs) i'm gonna sit down sitting speak the truth people that sit down in the mic are even better you know dude and they keep like the and it's always like a newer comic and they keep the mic stand in front of them still but they hold it behind so you kind of like see a single mic stand in between them sitting down it's the worst keeping your shit in your pockets when you go on stage like little stuff like that like the mic stand trick until you see the difference you wouldn't think that it matters but it matters. normal people like that's what somebody told me they're like hey everybody wants to watch your joke they're scanning you when you get up there and i've had somebody be like yeah that guy was funny but like he had a bunch of shit in his pockets that's all i could see the whole time i was just talking with a headliner not too long ago and he was saying he was he's struggling right now with finding clothes to wear on stage because he doesn't want to be flashy because then already they're like oh this guy's better than us and that's not what his jokes were about you know he's more middle class jokes but then he also doesn't want any logos doesn't want anything you have to read on his shirt because it takes away from what's going on unless he's like trying to sell that shirt or something yeah it's like what are you working for nike you know why have that on there it's it sounds like philip seymour hoffman at the beginning of almost famous where like comedies become like an industry of cool now we're like and yes i think about what i'm gonna wear because i don't want to look like a bum i don't want to but like i'll wear crocs on stage sometimes like who gives a fuck it's a thursday at the improv that nobody's gonna see like i don't give a shit i'm working but like on a real show like i'll wear a nice pair of sneakers and like i wear jeans all the time i'll wear a sweater i'll wear like a shirt but it's like some people are like, oh, I got like working class jokes, so I got to dress in a flannel with yeah. a Carhartt. And it's like, all right, but then you're kind of pigeonholing yourself into that, where it's like, eventually maybe they'll just like, just tell your jokes and be funny, you know? Your jokes are like more um, silly, but yet serious. Is that yes. a good way to describe Esoteric it? nonsense, yes. Yes. So it's, it's, it's walking a line of being like, I know this is a serious topic, but it's very funny yes. to look at it this way. Yes. Which I think a lot of other people have like different styles mm-hmm. that they have to dress differently for, you know, because if you're doing silly jokes, you can't 
be dressing in a suit. You know, right. it's just like it just doesn't work. Yes, I've gotten better at like being able to nail down like when people are like, "What kind of jokes do you tell?" And I've kind of nailed it down to like, and it's a stupid joke I've been working on that I can't get right, but it's like I kind of feel like it's like pop punk comedy where it's like. Sure, it's like maybe darker stuff, but I want it to be fun and poppy. Like yeah. I want like uh holding a mirror to yes. everybody, which is which is what you're doing with with serious topics. You're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, it is serious, but let's look at it from an outsider's perspective. Yes. This is actually very dumb." And I mean, honestly, it's what keeps me engaged in doing it. Could I write more dick jokes? Sure. That'd be fun. I How had many dick jokes do you write. <laughs> literally, it took me 5 years to write a dick joke. <laughs> I was like, I don't even think I have a, I don't think I have a dick joke. I do have a dick wolf joke though. So oh, I mean, there's bomb bomb getting close enough. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's so there's the clip. You should have had the camera for it. <laughs> All right, guys, end the podcast. It's gonna be done now. It's cut. Hard cut. But no, and that's even. I love easy jokes though. Like I love watching an easy joke. I just know like. When I'm sitting down and I have to like sit and write, I want something that's that's what com- why comedy's fun. It's a puzzle you can never really solve. Like a joke that'll work 99.9% of the time. That .01 will have you rethink a joke that's worked everywhere and you're like, "Why didn't it work at Maddie's on a Tuesday?" And you're just like, "But also who gives a shit?" Or like at a fucking karaoke bar on a Friday night, like who cares if that joke works there? You're like working out, but you're like Man, why didn't it work <laughs> in this kind of crowd? Yeah, it's it's interesting because there are like comedy crowds and there's like normal people yeah. as well. So like seeing your joke work for normal people is fun, but then also you see it not work for like a comedy crowd that knows comedy. Yeah. You're like, oh, is that joke just dumb? Or like, like yeah. what is going on? Like, is that too dumb of a joke or is it too smart of a joke? Like, what's going on? There? And I like, and I almost like the opposite, and it's. It almost sounds like a, a brag, but it's not. But, like, f- at a certain point, I was doing more, like, club gigs than, like, bar gigs. And yeah. it's a very different crowd because, like, 75% of the time, a bar show, like, those people don't know comedy's happening until they get there. So they don't give a fuck. So, like, you have to, like, engage the crowd. We're a comedy show. Everybody there knows that they're there for comedy. And they know they're about to hear jokes. They know <laughs> right from the jump. Like yeah. so you yes, it's harder to tell comedy club prepared jokes because they have to be good. There's like less wiggle room. It has to be a little bit tighter. And you're like held to that like you get ten minutes. You don't get ten to fifteen. Yeah. You get ten. They don't give a fuck about you. You're there to sell drinks. Like that's what you're there to do until you're the headliner. And then, but like when you go to a bar and you're like, oh, hey, ooh, hey, that like hosty energy, those people don't give a fuck. Like they're there because that's where they go every single day. Yeah. And like you need to get them there. Where like it's finding that like in between where it's like trying to make this big idea that like I think is funny. And my example is always like pedophiles running the government, like running the world government to me is just hilarious. Like, it's absolutely wild that that's like half of the world thinks that it's a problem. The other half just says it's not a thing, but it's like a real like theory. But how do you boil that down to like some like white picket fence? All they care about is getting the electric paid on time, like getting that person to find the funny part of it. Like that's what we're trying to do is yeah. like that little slice. And like the intricacies in there is like, 
that's where the comedy fans get it is like that quick little like turn of phrase that like little setup that little tag where like the normal person's just like oh the punchline was funny and and you said this earlier you said it's like a puzzle because you're putting pieces together of like oh this is going to be coming back later but this piece is going to link up with this piece Mm -hmm. and it's tying it almost in a bow after after your set that i think is smart audience respects yes. and likes you know they're like oh he brought up this joke in the beginning mm-hmm. and he brought it at mm-hmm. the end or he set it up now we know who these characters are at the mm-hmm. end which is crazy to think it's a just a little song and dance that we did. well and i was explaining it after the Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> That's going to be cut. <laughs> I don't want to give my emails. Thank you, Judd Reminger and Ian Bag, for <laughs> uh, keep that in there so you're in the name drop. But yeah. um, but no, you, like... You, was, hey, by the way, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, I was explaining it to somebody. I was like, because I'm telling like this Instagram ad joke and like the middle section is just a lull. Like it doesn't get as many laughs as one, I think it should. But two, it's like, integral to the joke because there's a callback to it right at the end and somebody's like oh so this is just math and i was like kind of yeah yeah. isn't that what life is yeah Yeah. a little bit and it's just like if you want to make it if we want to fucking be even more bro-y about it if you want to set up like boxing or like football like the play action only works when you run the ball a thousand times even if it doesn't work it's setting up for that one big pop at the end and now you have a comedy album i did not know this about you i mean it barely you have a comedy album called B-Sides, the, all that? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, how did that come about? I was bored and it was COVID. And <laughs> I, I audio record every single one of my sets. Yeah. It's just my phone in my pocket. So I was bored. It was like July something of 2020, I want to say. It was like thick of COVID. I was bored. I was like, let's go through all of my recordings. Because something I do... If it's like been four or five days since I've been on stage and I'm like, I'm not funny. I've never said anything funny in my life. I'll go to like sets that I know I did well and like listen to them and be like, all right, I didn't trick all of those people like that had to have been a good one. So I went back and I listened to a bunch of jokes that just never worked that I liked. I liked the joke, but they really only worked one or two times and I got it like recorded. So I was like, okay, let's release this in a shareable single kind of way. So like it doesn't flow together. It's not really a special. It's not like one recording. I think it's only 15 minutes long, but it's 15 minutes of like different jokes in different spots. And the idea was to like be able to like release them as singles. But that was before like reels were a thing. Yeah. So it was <laughs> kind of like an audio version of reels that I wanted to be able to be shared. And these are jokes you think don't work? I mean, they worked that time. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I thought you would put on a special of jokes that don't work. No. And like, and it's ones that I couldn't. And if I went back to them and worked on them, like it's one of those, like, I don't feel bad getting rid of this chunk of 15 minutes. Like, if I go back and work on them, sure. Like, and from time to time, I'll, like, pull one out if I'm... Because there's, like, a Michael Jackson bit in there that was, like, who do you think has more fun, R. Kelly at a junior high dance or Michael Jackson at, like, a Chuck E. Cheese? And, like, so just... If it's, like, just, like, a dumb bar crowd, I might pull that one out because, those yeah. like, those are things that people get and you can, like get them hooked in and then you're just like all right now we'll take on fucking i don't know <laughs> the mount everest of yeah like just Got go it. into something Got stupid it. well you do have a a website yeah who is ray roberts.com 
how long have you had that? Because I've Dude. you know I've known you probably for, for quite some time, but I you've always had it almost from day one. You you do it. You used to wear shirts that say that. Yeah, I still wear my own stupid merch. It's <laughs> awesome. I originally was in politics, so like one of my I went to school for political science. I ran a campaign, so like in my mind, I thought it would have been fun to just like make yard signs and have like billboards, run like a newspaper ad that just said, who is Ray Roberts, have the website on the bottom and and drum up interest. I came up with that idea like when I was new to comedy and then it was just like almost a bit into itself of like, okay, I suck at this still. (laughs) So if anybody actually cared, this is the most embarrassing thing ever. And then now it's just kind of like, played into itself enough where when i go back home like people will be like oh who is ray roberts and it's like all right you get it like it's stuck now i mean now i'm eight years like i've literally had it I since wish... i started comedy I, yeah i, I got the branding before That's i so got anything funny. else yeah you must have annoyed a lot of comics when you 100 percent. i had a shirt three months into doing comedy <laughs> Just, that's that's what comedy is about is yeah. getting a shirt of yourself well i lived with a guy who made t-shirts so <laughs> lived with a guy with a cricket which is basically well he like actually had like a screen printing company oh. or whatever so like he would hit me with a deal and i remember my buddy chris clem i showed up to a date that he was headlining and he just stopped mid-set and he's like why do you have a shirt with your own fucking name on it you've been doing this for like a week and a half <laughs> yeah and it's like it, it still pops up and he's like a good friend now and it's just like He'll still be like, I still can't believe you showed up to a show in your own merch. You weren't even on the show? No. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Dude, that's it was even so bad. worse. <laughs> well, let's find out who is Ray Roberts. Let's find cool. out. All right, so I have a bunch of questions for you. Yes. You can give me short answers. You can be long answers. It does not matter. Cool. But we're going to find out who Ray Roberts is. Ray, what's your middle name? Thomas. Ray Thomas Roberts. Raymond Thomas Roberts. Raymond. Oh, yes. everyone loves that. Well, it's, yes, growing up in the 90s with that name. <laughs> There's a select few people who can call me Raymond. When did you shorten it? Uh, for your entire life? My mom wanted my name to be Ray. I'm named after my great-grandfather, who was also named Raymond, and he hated being named Raymond. My mom wanted me to be named Ray, but my dad said it wasn't gentlemanly enough, so I had to be Raymond. What's your dad's name? Tom. Well, Thomas. That's where <laughs> oh, I get it. That's where you get the middle name from. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Wow. I know. Um, is your great great grandpa just named Roberts? What? Because you. Would cool. Have, yeah, I got it. So, yeah, okay. we're good. It's all right. Cool. We'll figure that out later. Um, <laughs> so you have a podcast called Mushroom Cult. Comedy Mushroom Cult. Yes. Comedy Mushroom Cult. Yeah. Who's your favorite cult leader? The Unabomber. I don't know if that's a cult. I don't but think he had a cult. I know, but a lot of people, I I read like the manifesto and I was like, this actually makes sense <laughs> 40 years later. How long is the man? I've never read a manifesto. How long is one? It wasn't that long. Uh, I read it right at the beginning of COVID. I went a little crazy right at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> you released a comedy album just reading manifestos. Well, I was reading Yeah, I read it. And like, that was another joke I was trying to do. Like how, like, cause he was the Unabomber and like. Do you think he would have liked the internet just to get, like, tracking for, like, all of his mail that he was sending to places? Like, I think that that would be fun for the Unabomber is to, like, track the packages. It's almost there. It's almost there. (laughs) Yeah, like, that would be very exciting. I think he would like that part of it. Yeah. But people don't like domestic terrorism. Go figure. (laughs) He says return to sender on it. (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck is it in Wichita? I'm sending it to San Antonio. Why did it just return to sender? Got him right quicker. Uh, Last book you read. All the way through? Yeah. I read a lot. I'm reading Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey right now. 
He wrote a book? Yeah. Is it it's, a autobiography? Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. It's interesting. It's called Green Lights. Uh, the one before that, I think Dave Grohl's autobiography. Are you big into like celebrity books? I'm more into like Ryer Cameraman uh, in a roast she wrote joke. A book? <laughs> in, in the roast joke, it was like Ray Roberts looks like his favorite uh, types of book are nonfiction. <laughs> and like, I was like, yeah, that's it. I, I just like to learn shit. I just like reading things by like great people to like see how their minds work. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like, and I'm not like a big Matthew McConaughey fan, but like, three people told me to read it so I was, oh it was rick rubin's book before matthew mcconaughey's okay. uh rick rubin's book on creativity it's great everybody who's a creative should read it um, did, did you like matthew mcconaughey's book i'm like halfway through and i'm kind of like stuck you would the correct answer was it's all right all right all right <laughs> um i'm just not <laughs> yes ending your jokes i'm ruining this podcast keep setting the ball on the tee and you're just hitting it like just Dude, we got, i told you we got the dick wolf <laughs> Uh, your favorite joke that is not yours. The one that's kind of been stuck in my head is Cody Heck showed up to a mic late and he's got this joke about how when he has sex with women, it doesn't remind him of women. It reminds him of turkeys laying on their back, like, cause their legs are up. And like, he said something that was, uh, it was like, yeah. And I'm not laying on my back that often when I have sex and I was like, well, where the joke is, is I'm not laying on my back that all, or whatever. It was like, whatever. You can cut this one. <laughs> <laughs> but, not, like, jokes get stuck in my mind. Yeah, that's so, like, right. So Cody Hex turkey sex joke. Yeah, like, and it just, like, it, they get stuck in my mind. I'm like, this could be so much better if you put a pause at, like, that often. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, I get stuck into those. Like, critiquing people's jokes, and you're like, oh, that would be great if you, yeah, yeah. I get that. The most relevant one right now uh, is the great, I mean, Greg is my favorite, but, like, talking about the financial collapse of 08-09, and his buddy's like, how much money did you lose? And he's like, I didn't even know there was a collapse. Like, it turns out investing my money in tequila and strippers wasn't such a bad investment after all. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what's the weirdest thing in your home? <laughs> I have an oil painting of an alien. I don't know if that's weird, though. Who painted it? Uh, my old college roommate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the weirdest part of it. Yeah. He was like, he's a painter, and he's okay, like... Okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, he's a cook. <laughs> yeah, he's a cook. But no, he painted something, and I was like, hey, paint me something with aliens, and it's like a, a naked alien, and you don't see his penis, but like he's like holding the earth in his hand. It's kind of insane. What? I'm going to say I've never seen an alien with clothes on. That's fair. Maybe. Uh, uh, have you seen the Men in Black movie? Oh, where the guy takes the skin and eats salt water? Yeah. Yeah, okay. There, that's one. That's one for sure. There we go. Yeah. But Mork the, and but, Mindy? But the alien inside of him, is, wasn't he naked? I don't even know. I think so. The guy was It was a butt. It had many uh, legs and arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the worst comedian comedy, you think? Worst comedian in comedy? Yeah. Like successful? Uh, you can give me non-successful, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I know a lot of those. <laughs> Like obvious. <laughs> oh, sorry, like no. Oh. Uh, I would never say you got to edit that one. Uh, <laughs> um People just send me reels of his, and it's so funny. Now I don't know how to answer that without pissing somebody off. I would say the least impressive one that I've seen in person is a guy that I just worked with this past weekend. He'll never hear this but like uh and i'll tell you off mic not to do shows with him because it's like the biggest waste of time but like very good at selling shows 
on paper is very funny and like has a hype man that like follows him everywhere and is like i know and he's like i swear he's been good like he's good everywhere and then like two nights in a row he like ate dicks and it was just so bad aaron was there and saw it so i i didn't know bill burr does that crazy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who's who's the best comedian in comedy right now you think shane gillis he's so good so good my he's so fun to watch I saw him on Halloween, not so like the last time he came to Milwaukee, not this past time. Yeah. And it was like as soon as he stepped on stage, you felt the room just change. I just had this conversation because I saw him when he came to Milwaukee yeah. uh, two Thursdays ago. It's as from from the moment he stepped on stage to the moment he got off, it was straight jokes. Yes. No crowd work. Nope. And it was like, here's the joke, laugh. Here's the joke, laugh. And it killed every time. And it was almost how he like leaned into the mic a little bit. And it was you do comedy so much and you almost forget about like the little things that make a change. And you can see and it's so funny watching like new comedians when like that you can see them like almost move away from like the joke that they're telling because they're not sure of it. And just like the way that he, like even when he would like leave the mic in the mic stand, he would like almost wrap himself around it. And it's just like, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. And like he's putting it, but it was even just like a vibe. Like the way he walked out, like instantly you're like, oh, this is going to fucking murder. Yeah. And he was, and my favorite thing is he's just like, eh? Yeah. yeah. It's almost like you get it. And he sells and, it. And he's already killing and everyone's laughing. And then he's like, well, you get it. And everyone laughs harder yes. at that. It's like, and that's, yeah. that's the fun part of like when you are killing and then you kind of throw in like the, this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like when, and you see people who don't know how to use that correctly. Like they'll just be like, Oh, I'm going to try to like make fun of it. And then like it bombs. But when yeah. somebody's like already crushing and he knows, Ian Bag again to bring it up oh. like when he's doing his like crowd work yeah. shit and like somebody's not into it and it's like 99% of the crowds into it yeah. but he's like he's not got that one person but he's going to like that one person is now the joke and it's like oh we'll go back to this guy until he cracks yeah and it, and well Ian does such a great thing of, of almost dividing crowds uh, like into yeah this side's doing well this side's not and which, then it wants this side to work which, yeah which makes it make them pit like oh i'll laugh harder at that yeah. you know it's it's crazy uh you see sam talent do the same thing just like you know like oh this side loved that joke but this side didn't but y- me being the audience i'm like they both loved it like, yeah they both laugh but now he's gonna make that side laugh even harder and it's like an orchestrated yeah. but then you also get like the people who see that and, like, that's almost, like, the, the crowd worky video or, like, you see people see that trick. Like, it's a trick. Like, and, and that's, like, when you're watching comedy, like, so many times. You're, like, yeah, that's a thing that he's doing. But, like, he knows when to pull it in of, like, all right, this side didn't like it as much. They loved it. But that side, like, he, there's probably one person he saw. And he's, like, well, this side didn't like it. And now everybody else is going to make up for it. Yeah, which is great. So, who would play you in a movie? Ooh, Josh Gad. Oh, okay. like yeah, 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 the yeah. chunkier dude. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be a good one. I was gonna say Paul Rudd. You got a Paul Rudd vibe. I love you. Paul Rudd. You got a Paul Rudd vibe. I'm not as handsome, and I'm too tall. I don't think anyone's as handsome as that. That's man. true. He's a very handsome man. Have you ever seen Our Idiot Brother? No. Brilliant. If you love Paul Rudd, it's a perfect movie. Okay. That and there's a Selena Gomez movie that he's in, The Act of Caring. Selena Gomez made a movie. Yeah. 
I'm Team Selena. So she's I the best. I listen to whole. Yes, I've listened to your podcast. <laughs> I think everybody should be. <laughs> All right, you're arrested. Why? Arson. Arson. I don't know. What are you, a big pyro? No, not really. <laughs> I've thought about like I to like protest banks. I've always wanted to like padlock a bank shut, but then like. I don't know. They could just like break the the lock pretty easily. So I feel like setting a bank on fire. One time I was passing a bank and there was a terribly worded, almost manifesto on the door that someone left on the front of like, it was like real Joker style, like crayon asks thing. And it was like police were there looking at the thing. And I came back like maybe ten minutes later. Bank was wide open. People going in, <laughs> so they're like, ah, "Well, that sucks." Yeah, nobody no, gives get a back shit. In. But I mean, so like that would be like my dream getting arrested. Really, it would probably just be like negligence of like getting pulled over for speeding and having weed in the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Sell me Ohio. Why should someone live in Ohio? Because you can leave whatever you want. <laughs> they have roads. Yeah, they have the roads. Oat. Um, no, Ohio rules. It is my favorite state to visit still. I don't know. There's so much greatness that comes from Ohio. Presidents, astronauts. I come from a city where we have an NFL head coach that won a Super Bowl, a major league baseball manager who won a World Series, an Olympic gold medalist. Ronnie Tisdale is the most impressive person nobody's ever heard of. He was like, he won one of those Dr. Pepper, like, ball tossing things, was a running back at Stanford as a walk-on, quit that to become, like, a brain scientist, and then just, like, decided to pick up jujitsu and was, like, a competition jujitsu player. It just sounds like he's doing a lot of side quests. Dude, this guy <laughs> got, got a concussion in a football game, and he was for fun learning how to speak Arabic. Like, just to learn. And he got a concussion and could only speak in Arabic for a week. <laughs> like What the heck? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Ohio's basically the Midwest without really being the Midwest. It's like Pennsylvania with less meth. It's Wisconsin with less wilderness. Like, it's almost... <laughs> so you're going to say beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's beer. It's, but it's like, it's kind of just like a watered-down version of every state around it. So, like... I don't know. It's a cool place. I like going back to it and visiting and then leaving. Yeah. It's it's the best state to go and then leave. Yes. <laughs> That's fair. What's your favorite podcast right now? Not mine, obviously, because mine's trash. Judd and Your Earbuds is number two. Oh, yes. Um, Wait, under the trash? <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. It's trash. Judd and Your Earbuds sucks as well. Um, I mean, Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast, another Shane Gillis one is good, mm-hmm. but like, I also like Lemon Party. It's uh, Ben Avery, who was the producer on Tim Dillon's podcast. Okay. Trigger warning for like everything on that podcast. So yeah. like, if you like just like silly, fun, like, and like words you're not allowed to say anymore, go check it out. <laughs> okay. But like, almost used in like that fun, like early internet way of like, Cause like, I don't know, I'm 33 or about to be 33. Like when I was on the internet originally, it was like, how niche can you get? And like, that's the joke. And so like, they'll like hammer it. Like they just like pick on like these YouTubers that have no subscribers, but they'll do like deep dive. Like they've done five episodes on these people who do (laughs) like restaurant reviews for nobody, but like, they just like, just tear these people apart. And it's, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I love that. Uh, where are you going to be next? Oh, I'm doing like a Mike McChesney swing at the end of the month. I'm headlining Maddie's on 420. Uh, oh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be high birthday. for that Let's one. Let's go. <laughs> That's what we're celebrating. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to cut my hair down so it's not as curly. <laughs> um, and then Brumder Mansion on the 22nd. Uh, I'm doing like a cool like East Coast swing in May. Awesome. Where in East Coast? We're going. We're starting in Ohio, doing Cary, Ohio, BG, Bowling Green for those not oriented. Uh, New Philadelphia, Ohio. If you don't know about it, you're right. Um, then we're going Scranton. I'm trying to get into DC. Coming back, doing State College. Then my buddy's filming a special at the Funny Stop, and I'm opening for him for that. So it's awesome. That'd be fun. Ray, do you want to get anything else on the podcast? How about these hoes? I don't know. <laughs> If these hoes listen <laughs> to this point, they're like, hell yeah, we got that shout out. We got hoes. We got that shout out. <laughs> this one's for the ladies. <laughs> uh, as always, for me, if you want to see me do comedy, go to juddramager.com. I'll be somewhere. But thanks a lot, Ray. It's yeah. been a blast. Yeah, I'm sorry that I ruined all of your good jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got one in. I got the one. You got the one in. We and started hot. Just yeah. Tarantino this podcast <laughs> yeah. and put that at the I'll end. I'll put it at the end as well. <laughs> so it's I'll more. It's it a it. build of us. Like Instead of like clicking instantly, it's like a we built to this I'm just joke. I'm put in there as much as possible. I'm like, man, they're really hammering home this dick wolf <laughs> joke. <laughs> all right, guys. Peace. I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Hey, Christian Yelich, what's your favorite comedy podcast? I mean, I listen generally to sports podcasts, but if I had to go strictly comedy, I'd go Judd and your earbuds.